the Golden Stallion, the Man of Tomorrow, Savzu, the Rated R Radio Star, the man who's always wearing triple black, the man who is madly in love, but I gotta tell you, uh, <laughs> if you had any idea, uh, here for you, for your weekly, uh, I mean, you know, actually, last week it came out a day early, might even do that this week as well, but uh, at the very least, we'll get you out on Wednesday, but your weekly... Zomia 1 Underground Q&A, where I field the questions sent in from you to the various channels available. I've had people ask me via Twitter, via tweets themselves, or DMs, or even through the email address bbs at sovereigntech.com. And, you know, there's a couple that hit a bit of a theme that I got this week that I want to get into. Um, Before I get into that, though, and speaking of Twitter... Now, if you listen to the most recent episode of The Gaming Grid, and folks, remember that the Zomia 1 Underground Q&A can be in reference to any show, okay? It doesn't just have to be Sovereign Tech. It, it could be TIE Fighter Renegades. So probably with TIE Fighter Renegades, I'd actually read it on the show. Same with Sovereign Tech, or I mean Sovereign Trek. Same with Hard and Fast. Same with, uh, uh, you know, Gaming Grid. I, I'd probably read them on the show, but not always. Sometimes maybe they even do a bit of crossover. And so it makes the most sense to talk about them on a Zomi 1 Underground episode. Um, so just keep that in mind. But something I want to talk about. You know, social media is so bad for our health. <laughs> not going to get into a tirade about that. I do have something to say, though. I mean, the, only, the one that I, I spend any amount of time on whatsoever is Twitter. Okay, and I do tweet, I share things on Twitter, whatever. I, so if you listen to the most recent gaming grid, I was talking about WWE 2K20 and how in reference to that, there was a press release that basically said that Windows PCs are really just part parts of the Xbox One family, which there's something crazy in that, but whatever, I talked about that there. That's not what I want to talk about here. In so much as, you know, looking at what was the response and some of the news, I mean, because I do use Twitter, say, like on my mobile device, and I don't just mean smartphone, but on my mobile device, Twitter is very much my news feed in a very real way, meaning that there are a few news sources, or sometimes I do use the, what do they call it, the Explorer tab or the Search tab to show me what's trending, what's going on, what's being talked about. You know, but often I'll just get like, you know, I'll get push notifications of, you know, say from like Android Police or Limited Run Games or, you know, you go down the list of the news source that I happen to uh, to pay attention to. And, you know, but I was looking at the news around the release of WWE 2K20. And of course, Roman Reigns is a big part of this. And and I don't know. I, I think I was just looking into news about WWE 2K20 to see if anyone else caught what I caught about Windows PCs technically being part of the Xbox One family. And in so doing, I came across tweets by Roman Reigns himself. Now, I won't spend a ton of time on this. I'm just going to say I think Roman Reigns is a incredibly boring performer. He is not a great performer, be it on the microphone, in the ring, uh, on the silver screen, go down the list. I am not a fan at all. I have never been a fan. Uh, I mean, I just, the guy doesn't impress me at all. Again, as I said in the recent episode of Sovereign Tech, look, I'm glad that he survived, you know, his battle with leukemia and all this, and he's getting back and Hey, you know, getting back in the ring. Great. All right. Whatever. You know, like I don't want to, I don't want guys losing their jobs or livelihoods or things like this, but I am so far from a fan. I didn't think I couldn't like anyone less than I like John Cena. I, I like, I dislike Roman Reigns that much. He is worse than John Cena. I never thought I'd say that about much of anybody, but I'm saying it. Anyway, as I also said in the gaming grid, I am a fan of wrestling from basically 2003 or so back. After that, things just turned into a mess. So anyway, now in the Attitude Era of wrestling, trust me, this has a point and it has a point to do with humanity. Okay. In the, in the mid-90s, before the mid-90s, it was there was a cultural debate around the world, not just in the United States, but around the world, 
as to whether or not wrestling was real, as to whether or not professional wrestling was real, okay? This is a heavy debate. You know, now most people knew, and it is, that it's fake, or at least a lot of people did. Even in the 80s, okay? Yeah, kids might have been confused. There might have been some older people who maybe weren't necessarily playing with a full deck that thought wrestling was real, etc. I mean, there are elements of professional wrestling that have always been real, okay? But, yeah, it's staged. How about that? In fact, I mean, calling it fake and real, those are really misnomers. Like, those terms don't sit well. Because, as I've said many times, staged or not wrestlers, professional wrestlers are some of the greatest athletes the world will ever see because it's one thing, okay, to be able to even perform, say a moonsault off the top rope. And you know, that, that takes its own version of athleticism and it takes a lot, especially if you're a guy, I mean, understand, you know, most people that you think of like Shawn Michaels, right now, people think Shawn Michaels is a short guy. Now, if you've ever actually hung out with me in real life, no one's ever called me a short guy. No one. Shawn Michaels and I are the exact same height. We're both 6'1". What you don't realize is that most wrestlers are 6'4 and up. And so in the ring, Shawn Michaels looks like one of the short guys. And he's considered what they call a high flyer. Okay, where he does all these crazy flips and all this stuff. And I think about that, and I think about the moves that, say, Shawn Michaels does, like a moonsault where he's flipping backwards off of the top rope, and I go cross-eyed. You know, even though I've done, certainly, I've done my aerial feats, I've jumped out of planes, I've done all that, bu- you know, all that bullshit. Okay, I, I, I get it. But, you know, I just think about doing those things, I'm like, yeah, no, not me. <laughs> I'm not pulling that. But, you know, guys my size do these things on the regular, especially in the wrestling ring. But so to do those moves, but then not only to do those moves, but to do those moves in such a way that you don't injure the other guy is a whole other level of meta-athleticism that most football players, triathletes, whatever, will never achieve. Okay, wrestlers are some of the greatest athletes bar none in the world, whether it's staged or not. It's really amazing, okay? Okay. But anyway, most people have known for a very long time that wrestling is staged, right? Like there's a known outcome, punches are pulled often, not always, but etc. You get my point. Now, it became an open matter uh, in the mid 90s when actually uh, Vince McMahon opened up an episode of Raw and said, we are going, we're not going to call this professional wrestling anymore. We are going to call this sports entertainment. We are not going to insult your intelligence any longer. You know that this isn't real, etc. And we'll go down the list. And so that's when it became a fact, an inarguable fact, even though it was already known by many, it became an inarguable fact that wrestling is staged. So I see this tweet, getting back to this. I see this tweet from Roman Reigns. Apparently, he almost got hit by a car. Not a new thing in wrestling. In fact, Ellen and I were having the great pleasure. I I got to show her some classic NWO moments um, in wrestling. In fact, where The Rock got put into an ambulance. (laughs) And the NWO, the original guys, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, uh, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, they lock him into this ambulance, quote-unquote lock him in. And Hulk Hogan keeps saying, or Hollywood Hogan keeps saying, it's like, I'm going to lay the smack down on his crippled ass. And he gets into a semi and he rams that semi right into the side of the ambulance that supposedly The Rock is in. Or, you know, that the storyline is saying The Rock is in. Um, I mean, that's just one example of back towards the Attitude Era or towards the Attitude Era's end where they would pull this kind of stuff. You know, hitting a wrestler with a car or doing things like this is not crazy. It was not outlandish at all. Apparently today, in the PG realm of the wrestling world, it is. Because, so so apparently Roman Reigns almost gets hit by a car. I mean, and look, and this isn't even getting to like, remember when, when Triple H apparently did this to Shawn? Well, anyway, that, that's a whole other thing. Apparently... Recently, on an episode of Raw, maybe it was even this past week in August of 2019, 
Roman Reigns almost gets hit by a car. Triple H comes out, you know, to make sure that he's okay, blah, blah, blah. And of course, Triple H would know a thing or two about hitting guys with cars or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> supposedly. Um, and Roman Reigns tweets from his official WWE Twitter account that this was not an accident. Somebody did this to me, you know, because apparently on video, and I look, I haven't watched it, and I'm not going to watch Raw to find out. Uh, apparently, you know, like it looked like it might have been an accident, but Roman Roman Reigns is saying on his Twitter account, this is no accident, blah, blah, blah. Okay. The response by people to this tweet, now I get it, okay, I get it, that the WWE is taking advantage of a platform like Twitter and other social media that's out there, and they are using it to hype up their own shows. Of course, whether it's a, you know, all kinds of reality shows, all kinds of TV shows do this. It's not, that's far from outlandish, far from crazy. And I would argue actually for what it is, a valid thing to do. Okay. I mean, a lot of the WWE superstars, as they're called, or wrestlers, uh, they, they do this. You know, they, 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 they use Twitter to, you know, kind of expand upon their rivalries. And I've even seen in recent uh, years, whenever I've, you know, caught wrestling, um, where they will, you know, like the commentators for a match will talk about what a wrestler said on Twitter and they'll even have the tweet come up and everything. And I'm sure it's a great relationship between Twitter and the WWE to where they can show the tweet from this wrestler and, uh, you know, it becomes part of the storyline. So Roman Reigns make this, makes this tweet that he was almost hit by a car and the response underneath, not by other wrestlers. It'd be one thing if other wrestlers were like showing their support, like Seth Rollins or Dean Ambrose or whoever, who were members of, uh, you know, the shield that, which was like this, the stable that, uh, uh, you know, group of wrestlers that, um, that, that, that Roman Reigns was, was a part of. It'd be one thing for them to be like, Hey, we got your back and all this stuff and to tweet that. No, no, no. Apparently real people on Twitter, apparently, not people involved with the WWE, not people paid by the WWE, or I'm guessing they're not paid, or maybe they are, but people that don't appear to be on the WWE payroll, who have very random names from all around the world, are all tweeting underneath it, saying things like, yeah, damn right, that was no accident, somebody did this to you, or saying, I'm so glad you're okay. They're tweeting, I mean, you gotta read these tweets, they're tweeting like they they believe that Roman Reigns is almost hit by a car. There's no question that it's a story, that it's staged, all for television. I mean, it, really. But you have, and I mean, from the looks of it, I mean, I, you know, however much you can, and I, I was just going through this, and I'm staring at it in awe. I don't think that these are a bunch of, like, uh, uh, nine-year-olds are tweeting about it, especially some of the things that they're saying. Um, I hope that's not a nine-year-old anyway. And, uh, but, but they think that this absolutely was happening. That is absolutely real. I it, it would, it would blow your mind. I, I should, I should have pulled some up to like to read them and I'm going, wait, no guys, this, this has been settled. Like I'm pretty sure even kids know, or I hope their parents are telling them that it's, it's staged. I'm starting to wonder, uh, uh, you know, like I, I kind of want to do a poll now to find out about the reality of Santa Claus. It's very strange. You know, I mean, I mean, these people are really reacting with like heartfelt things. Oh, I hope you're okay, Roman. I hope you're this. I hope it's like, wait, 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 what? No, (laughs) no, you, you, you folks are, I mean, the fact that like there's a cameraman there should be seen as odd. Like, don't you get it? But I don't know. You know, the, the level of stupidity and the way that, honestly, social media fucks with the nature of perceived reality for people, I'm in heavy debate over whether or not these people, I, I wonder if they actually, have we gotten that far? Has everything come full circle now to where what people learned twenty over 20 years ago is now, like, it, 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 it kind of reminds me, like, in Star Wars, where, you know, somehow within 20 years that the galactic empire existed 
somehow people like don't believe that the force is real and that the Jedi was just some kind of myth and that like we've come full circle again now to where actually people once again now they think wrestling is real that it's not staged that there aren't predetermined outcomes I, 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 I don't get I'm, I'm fucking I'm, I'm baffled I'm baffled. I was looking at that and I just, I, I don't get it. I mean, and, and it's just one more thing for me to get annoyed as fuck about with this guy, Roman Reigns. But anyway, so just, if you want to look into that, it's hilarious to, to, to read these things. And, and I'm just hoping my, my best guess is that either, yes, it must be nine-year-olds that somehow just don't fucking know better or that the WWE is paying for what's what I call a Bangladeshi special, which is that you hire like these companies who will interact with your tweet. And, but it's really just, you know, well, unfortunately somebody out, you know, like 10 people out of Bangladesh who pretend to be 5,000 people. And they are, you know, interacting with the tweet and saying, Oh, Roman, I hope you're okay. And they're, and they're like acting like it's real. I, I mean, these are the only things, these are the only conclusions that I could come to. It's, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's mind boggling, uh, that, that, that any of this is in any way a thing, you know, that, that these kinds of tweets exist and are happening, but whatever, again, it's one thing for the WWE to want to tweet about this stuff and act like it's real. It's a whole other thing when supposedly real people think that it's very real. We got a problem here, folks. But anyway, we have a lot of other problems, and that's uh, actually very minor in comparison to what is, to the events that have occurred over the past week, week and a half. Um, and I've gotten a lot of emails about it, and I had a lot of people actually already respond to the most recent episode of Sovereign Tech, and they were expecting me to do something that, admittedly, I have done a few times over the seven years that Sovereign Tech has been a show. Um where a mass shooting of some kind occurs in the real world, not some WWE stage thing at all, even though there's plenty of people who think that these mass shootings are often staged or that the, uh, the, the, shall we say there, there's professional mourners that come out after the fact that, you know, I am not in that number, but I know there are people who think that Sandy hook, right. That people talk about. Um, but where I, uh, will have a response and I will talk about, um, you know, these shootings, because, uh, in Liberty circles, which I guess I still get counted in that number. Um, I have a very unique take when it comes to guns. I'm not a fan uh, and that's putting it mildly. Uh, and I talk as somebody who's in the U S military who, uh, has probably, and I, you know, I don't like talking like this because it makes it sound like a fucking boast when it's nothing less than embarrassing for me uh, unforgivable among other things, um, that all these people who I see, including on Twitter, who are all like, Oh, well, I'd rather have my gun and never have to use it than not. And blah, blah, blah. You know, after the shootings happens, happen and everything. And, and I, I mean, to say nothing of that, I think it's, it's downright deplorable to use these kinds of tragedies to push your political agenda. Of course, these same people would argue that these tragedies occur, uh, in our control to push a political agenda. Wow, folks, you know, human death is human death. Um, and the respect when humans die is, well, I, I think that should be across the board. Um, the same, you know, and, and again, you have libertarians using this for their political agendas. You have all kinds of people who left us using it for their political agendas. I mean, straight up, I think that arguing for or against guns doesn't strike at the root of the problem here within these mass shootings. Um, I saw some other bothersome things of, uh, you know, before the bodies, frankly, were even cold with any of these uh, situations that have occurred. There was uh, Dayton, Ohio. Of course, uh, President Trump would have you believe that, that something happened in Toledo. I don't even think he knows where Toledo is, but it didn't happen. It's so bad. Uh, fuck. Um, you know, and then you had El Paso, you had, uh, uh, you had the, at the garlic festival there, was that in, uh, was that in California in Gilroy, the Gilroy garlic festival, um, had, had a few and the death toll, you know, I mean, climbing high. And of course there's the conversation to have, and we're going to get into this. Both of these questions, these questions are not related, but they are, um, because we'll get into talking about eight Chan here in a second. And, well, anyway, I got a couple of questions about it, but, uh, again, I mean, I mean, you could say these shootings in and of themselves are a political statement, say by the gunmen themselves. I mean, people want to get into that. 
again, I, I think there, you know, I've, I've seen statements made that are wholly unrelated to the tragedy that have occurred, but people were tacking them on anarchists, mind you, who were trying to make some kind of weird political, you know, or, or who had their own political agenda, their own personal agendas that they were trying to tack on. I mean, look, folks, the reason that I don't, whenever these shootings occur, and I know other people are like, oh, see, they're happening every two months. This is coordinated. This is white domestic terrorism, yada, yada, yada. Hashtag go down your list. The reason I don't really, you know, stop, uh, you know, in, in, in an episode of Sovereign Tech or something and start talking about it is because I don't want to be one of those people who uses it for their own personal or political agendas. Okay. Uh, which I, I'd like to think I don't even have, and this isn't like no agenda show with John DeBorah. It's not like that. Okay. I, but I really like, I like to think I don't have a political agenda whatsoever. Okay. I am about as anti-politics, I think, as any human being could ever, you know, hope of becoming. But I don't do that because, again, I don't, I do it out of respect because I have respect for human life, including when it passes. Um, I don't use it to forward, you know, my shit. Okay. And I really, really don't. Um, and it's tough for me because I'll still put out the tweet here and there that says, you know, Arguing for or against guns is a complete waste of fucking time. And yes, it is. It's not getting at the core of the issue here. It's not getting it at any of this stuff. Okay. I mean, human, you got to understand this and I'll say this quickly. And this is why I dare say it's not even really political because I am talking from a point, a scientific standpoint. It is a point of biology. Okay. Just like when we talk about privacy on sovereign tech, privacy is a matter of biology. It is a matter of psychology. You understand? Okay. We know we have the research to show that when a human being does not have a expectation of privacy, okay. When they do not have, or even the option of privacy, that it it creates stress. It keeps them from being able to express themselves, express what's going on inside of them. It is harmful to the human body to not have privacy. I don't care what Vince Cerf says, what any asshat libertarian says at some conference about how, oh no, I can trade out my privacy and stuff like, okay, you can, if you want to, but let's be clear here that human beings biologically, psychologically in a state of nature have an expectation of privacy. And if they don't have it, it is harmful. And they didn't choose to not have it. It is harmful to their health. That makes it ultimately unethical, especially when you don't have the option, you know, the choice of privacy, which I would argue for many of us at the end of the day, we don't, right? Think of the fact that, okay, you don't carry around a smartphone, but the person next to you probably does. Their microphone could be activated. Their camera could be turned on by whatever alphabet soup organization, authoritarian asshole out there. These are problems that we have to, you know, consider, but understand that I am coming from, this isn't about, oh, but we don't know who's going to get in power next. So we need to protect it. No, this is straight up biology. I am arguing, I am coming from a position of science. When it comes to privacy, I am coming from a position of science when I say that one human killing another human being is unethical and it is against your health. Why? Because I know personally when I have killed, when I have killed another human being, when I've seen other people for their first time or first few times kill another human being, I see how their body reacts. Their body reacts as if they have some kind of harmful virus or bacteria inside of them. They start vomiting at least to say nothing of what happens to them psychologically. Can they get desensitized over time? Sure. But then what is the natural reaction to it? It is to vomit physically or to have nightmares or other psychological traumas. There, there's no arguing this. Okay. Killing another human being is antithetical to the human condition. There is no argument. I don't care what the reasons are. The outcome is the same. 
Okay, your body acts as if it is ill, as if it has been invaded by something malicious because a malicious act has been done. I'm coming from a point of science. No politics necessary. Now, as I said, uh, certain anarchists are using this to even go well beyond all of this, to use it to forward I don't know, some, some uh, very questionable agendas, in my opinion. And I am going to read this first question, which uh, doesn't exactly have to do with tech. The second question has to do with tech and is going to go in other places, but it is relevant to some of the reaction to these mass, these tragic mass shootings. Um, so here we go. Hey, Brian, I saw a tweet that kind of troubled me by you. Oh, I'm, hmm. and I don't think ask, speaking about reacting on Twitter, <laughs> And I didn't think asking about it on Twitter would be the best place for you to explain what you meant, so I thought I'd email you. Very reasonable of you, thank you. Okay, so basically you seem to be defending the book Might is Right by Ragnar Redbeard uh, from 1896, which as far as I can tell is a pretty racist, even anti-Semitic rabbi sovereign, he puts in parents, uh, book, but you seem to be defending it after it was revealed that a recent shooting was apparently inspired by that book. I've seen other thought leaders like William Gillis warn against egoist an anarchism, which I know you're a fan of. Um, let, let me stop there. Uh, I like William Gillis fine. I l appreciate his work with C4SS. Um, we are cordial. Uh, there was actually, he was supposed to be on an episode of Sovereign Tech. There was a, of all ironies, a technical issue that occurred that, 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 that kept it from happening. Um, and I am aware that he does have some very strong opinions uh, about egoist anarchism, which I'll, I'll get into that. But am I a fan of egoist anarchism? Uh, yeah, I mean, I consider myself an egoist. Uh, I've been espousing it for many, many years, uh, many, many, many years, as long as Sovereign Tech has, or just about as long as Sovereign Tech has been a thing, I've, uh, I've espoused egoism, or, or what would be called egoist anarchism. Egoists wouldn't, they don't like to call egoism anarchism, they'd like to think that anarchism is a byproduct of egoism, but whatever, that's getting into semantics. Uh, so let, let me read on with your question here, but just for clarity, not saying I'm necessarily a fan of language, I, I am, I, ultimately I guess I am, but l let me, l let's go on. Uh, and he even tweeted, referencing William Gillis, he even tweeted that the inspiration of Might is Right proved him right about egoist anarchism. I guess I just want to know why you defended this book. It seems uh, very out of character for you. Thanks. Okay. So let's talk about this. Uh, the first off, I did look like I looked at William's, you know, uh, 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 Twitter feed to see, and yeah, he basically said something to the effect that, or so, well, all right, let me backpedal a little bit. This book, Might Is Right, was being uh, purported; it was being put out there, okay, by what was uh, Santino uh, Ligon, who was the nineteen-year-old that did the uh, shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival, okay? Um, he apparently, days before the shooting, um, he, you know, he mentioned Might is Right uh, saying on Instagram, I think, and basically basically saying that it was, um, you know, it was an inspirational book for him, okay? Uh, now, a lot of people found out about this, and they ran to it, and I mean, like, a lot of leftists and others, whatever, they ran to it, saying this is a white nationalist book, this is a white power book, um, this is a racist book, and so on. This shows that this guy was a racist. I mean, now, granted, Santino Ligon, or Ligon, however it's pronounced, uh, he was complaining about white people in his Instagram posts as much as he was complaining about anyone else. Uh, but that that's besides the point here, okay? So my point, I have a couple things to say. And basically what William Gillis was saying in his tweet, as I understood it, was that he thinks egoist anarchism leads to this might is right attitude. He and I have had debates online, and I hate talking about that kind of shit, but he and I have, have had debates online over might is right, what that means, not the book, but just the phrase. 
And his opinion is, is that might is right is at the heart of all fascism. I don't agree. Okay. With what he's saying here now, let me talk. And and so he's saying that this, the fact that, that the shooter was on board or read the book might is right, that this is the proof that egoism leads to fascism. No, (laughs) no, 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 no. But let me comment on this. Okay. First off to use a quote that a lot of people like to use about guns. Uh, and I certainly tweeted this was that books don't kill people. People kill people. Um, I have read a lot of deplorable books in my day. Uh, I have read Might is Right. In fact, I read Might is Right when I was a very young person. Um, I have, you know, I mean, I've read Mein Kampf. I've read lots of these things. Those books, and certainly Mein Kampf did not turn me into a Nazi. That'd be the funniest thing in the world. Or not funny, but that'd be the craziest thing in the world. If, uh, you know, me being Jewish, you know, if I was inspired to become a Nazi and I'm like, ah, you know, actually Hitler was right. Uh, I'm going to off my own brethren or something like that. I mean, that's fucking insane. Okay. Books don't turn people into killers. All right. Uh, Mein Kampf, in fact, I, and this point has been brought up by other historians, uh, mainstream ones at that. It's debatable how many people in Nazi Germany at the time that Nazi Germany was in power even read Mein Kampf. Probably none of them did. Okay. It was not that book that inspired them or that made them think that Hitler was a great guy or that, you know, that that's, that's how they all became Nazis. I, I can't even imagine people that would become Nazis because they read Mein Kampf. You have other problems. Okay. That, I mean, to blame, like a lot of people were basically saying that this book turned this kid into a killer and all that, that, that's, that's positively ridiculous to make that kind of claim. Could it be, you know, I mean, any, any information that you really present to somebody, most of the time, unless it comes out of the scientific process, and even then it can be difficult, most of the time, it's just confirmation bias. Like, they think something is brilliant because it confirms what they're already feeling. So if you want to read Might is Right, okay, from the 19th century, if you want to read this old book, and you go on a killing spree, you are probably already going to go on a killing spree. You are already there. Okay, maybe this book justified a couple things for you in your head, but the same another person could read this book and not come to remotely the conclusion or actions that you've taken. Okay, I'm not defending the shooter here at all. I'm not defending anything like that. This book, Might is Right by Ragnar Redbeard, absolutely, yes, it is anti-Semitic. Is it white power? It basically says the Anglo-Saxon race is the top dog. Yes, it says that. It also says that a man, uh, you know, his family and his woman, uh, they are his property. It says absolutely deplorable things that I don't agree with in the slightest. This is a book that in a million ways is horrible. However, there are some points in the book that aren't off the mark, mainly where it talks about anarchism and and, and egoism and that basically... See, might is right, okay, Th- that phrase is, pr- has a pr- is a problem. It's a problem in itself, okay? What might is right means to the egoist is that if you have the ability, you can do it. Now, an egoist also, if you're following, say, like Max Stirner's school and not just reading Ragnar Redbeard, and not to say there's multiple schools of egoism, but I'm sure there's plenty of people who would make you think as much. Egoism pays attention to biology, Okay, in that, like where Stirner in The Ego and Its Own, which is kind of the premier egoist text, he makes it very clear that when his brother is in pain, meaning, you know, another guy or even gal, he doesn't just mean his biological brother, but when his brother is in pain, he feels that pain as well. When he loves him, you know, like that, he's basically describing with his not as many words, Max Stirner is describing empathy. And that's the key here, that within egoism, because there is a respect for human biology and an understanding also of, and this is a very advanced concept, that we'll probably never really understand consciousness and that that's what Max Stirner calls the ineffable, okay? When you consider the, you know, humanity's natures, okay, empathy is a big part of that. However, one's ability is the only thing or lack thereof is what keeps you or allows you to do anything. Now, for some people, they translate into that into a phrase that might is right. 
I think, again, that that phrase is a misnomer. You could succinctly describe egoism as, if you wanted to, and I've, I've used this phrase before, might is right tempered by empathy. But you have to have that second part to make it actual egoism, is that it is tempered by the fact, like I was saying earlier, scientifically, that killing another human being is anathema to the human condition. So, what you have the ability to do, you can do. But also, if you are a healthy human being, you have no interest in harming others in what your ability allows you to do. Okay, and that desire to harm others generally comes out of you wanting to re-inflict traumas that you experienced when either you were younger or whenever. Okay, so there's the, the problem there is trauma. So the phrase might is right, it's, it sucks, it's horrible. It's, it, 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 that, that's a phrase that can go the way of the dodo. The book itself describes kind of what I, what I just described, but frankly, the book does more harm than good. Um, you know, Anton LaVey uh, would, would quote Ragnar Redbeard as being one of his inspirations with the Satanic Bible. The Satanic Bible, I mean, ultimately... You know, I mean, that's very much an egoist text. Uh, I mean, he really, Anton LaVey basically like rebranded actually a lot of what Ayn Rand said. So in some ways it's more of an objectivist text, but it's really just ethical hedonism uh, where, you know, okay, if you can do it and you don't hurt anybody else in the, in the doing, you know, go, go ahead. Like who's to stop you if you're, if you're able to do it. But that part about where it's within your best interest, in fact, you can read the Satanic Scriptures by Peter Gilmore, where they talk about, does Satanism allow for you to be a fascist? Now, Peter Gilmore accurately, or he, the way he lays it out in a, in a chapter in that book is, and Peter Gilmore is kind of the successor to Anton LaVey. Peter Gilmore says, yeah, you can, but you're going to find out pretty quickly that that's not the most conducive way to live and that to achieve your happiness and your ends, that being kind to others, gracious to others, and, and so on, you know, and not interfering with other people's paths is going to get you to, to your goal in a much better way or is going to contribute to your happiness uh, in a greater sum. And that's the part that people always ignore with a lot of this stuff. In fact, even, frankly, egoists, be, and, and, I, and I get this, okay, that, that most egoists I've encountered are fucking insane. Like the, the, and, and clearly, I don't think they've even read half of the ego in its own. Because what are they doing? They're, they're drawing, like, Max Sterner holding an AK-47 and all this other stuff, when I don't think Max Sterner would ever hold an AK-47. Because, again, as he said in his own words, you know, my brother's pain is my pain, etc. So, I didn't defend this book. Because this book, again, yes, it is. I totally admit it. It's anti-Semitic. And fuck that shit. Okay, because I mean, I'd be defending a book that basically tells me I should be offed. Where in the world does that make sense? My problem is, is that to say that this book is somehow a condemnation of egoism is dead fucking wrong. Okay, also to say that a book, you know, that we should, I mean, because this is going to get to the point of book burning. You know, and I'm reminded of, uh, well, Indiana Jones uh, and the Last Crusade, right? Where, where Sean Connery, you know, is Dr. Jones, is, is uh, Indiana Jones' dad. Where he says, maybe goose-stepping morons like you should try reading books instead of burning them. And that's the right attitude, okay? Is that, you know, don't don't toss in, don't burn the books, don't, don't condemn, don't, don't be tossing them around. I mean, look, on my desktop right now, actually... Here it is, White Power by George Lincoln Rockwell. That's on my desktop. Do you think I'm into White Power? I know, I've read this book before. I know exactly what this book is about. This book should always be in print. In fact, if you read the modern editions of Mein Kampf, it says the same thing. Why is this book even in print? Why isn't, why isn't it in the ovens that it's supposedly inspired to put people into? Because it needs to be out there and in print as a warning for when this kind, when real fascism rears its ugly fucking head again, you know what it looks like and you know what its writings are. You know what it sounds like. You are aware, kind of, here, here's a quote from Dune, 
Okay, we're quoting a few movies here, but they're, you know, great movies have great quotes that you, that you leave the movie with and that it inspire that it can really inspire you, okay? For example, with Dune, the first step in uh, in avoiding a trap is knowing its existence. Keeping these hateful texts in print, being aware of them and what they say is a way of you avoiding the supposed uh, uh, actions that can come out of uh, you know, apparently when people read these books. So, you know, if this, if might is right, inspired the shooter to act in a certain way, I mean, is that possible? Sure. But ultimately let's keep it in perspective. Books don't kill people. People kill people. Okay. And you need to don't, you need to be aware of these books and keep an eye on these books. In fact, I dare say that, I mean, like this has been happening, the same things happening with YouTube, quite frankly. The same thing's happening with YouTube, where YouTube is taking down uh, a lot of these white power guys and a lot of these, you know, I mean, complete idiots, no question, okay? But taking down, you know, a lot of these hateful, hateful assholes. The problem, here's the problem with that, is that when you do that, you're actually giving them power and validity. The best way to combat racism, real racism, anti-Semitism, and all of that is to let these guys have their stage and which allows the people who know the reality of the situation, who have facts on their side instead of, you know, uh, uh, bullshit conspiracies. And I say bullshit conspiracies because there's conspiracies that aren't bullshit conspiracies and, you know, and whatever, all the things that, that, that create their sauce that they can be combated in the light right? How do you defeat the darkness? You shed light on it. Well, if YouTube's just going to toss everybody down into some deep, dark hole, the light's never going to be able to touch it. And it's just going to fester and create an even bigger problem. Banning information. Okay. Condemning certain information. I mean, condemning, you know, what people are actions and what people are saying and things like that. Sure. But condemning it and, you know, and tossing it down some dark hole or whatever, that is not helpful. So that's where, if I'm defending this book in any way, that's where it comes from. And again, you know, I read it too, and I saw the anti-Semitic parts, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking stupid. I mean, look, even in the ego in its own, it's a product of the science of its day where, you know, Sterner does not talk well about some other races, but he was basing that upon what was considered, you know, accurate science at that time. It wasn't like, you know, that I don't, I don't think... And I think if you if you got Sterner, you know, in the right moment, I don't think he would have he, he would be a racist. I don't think he would have treated. I mean, his works just as much inspired, you know, uh, the the evolution uh, of thought in Europe that made slavery unpalatable. He was absolutely a part of that, as much of individualistic anarchists and egoist anarchists were, including in the United States as well. Just people forget about that 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 was a thing. You know, your Benjamin Tuckers and so on, who are directly inspired by Max Stirner. That would also lead very much to, you know, women being treated with equality and so on. Okay, would all come out of those kinds of ideas, which all have their history in Nietzsche, Stirner, and so on. All right, Ragnar Redbeard, is he a great example of an egoist anarchist? No, but then a lot of people today also that are consider themselves egoist anarchists are horrible examples of human beings. And it's very easy to spot, especially when they have platforms and you can see the bullshit that they're pulling. So I hope that sheds some light, like I was saying, on why I was like, you know, look, I've read this book. Don't blame the book. Okay. If somebody is willing to go as far as this shooter did, there's a whole lot of other shit going on. And don't claim that this book is somehow like the great Bible of because it's not, um, in fact, I mean, it's hard enough to find an egoist anarchist that has read the ego on its own. It's even harder, I think, to find an egoist anarchist that's ever even heard of them, uh, heard of Might is Right. I mean, because it's a very old book. And uh, and yeah, I know people brought up, it's like, oh, and yeah, this book's still published by a white power group and blah, blah, blah. And oh, man. And what? Great. It's a way that you can point out where there's a problem and things like this, but for fuck's sake, don't go burning that book or whatever and don't blame the book. Um, yeah. And, and, and you gotta be very careful because then people will say, well, anything that's in that book is, is, uh, you know, hateful philosophy. And then that would ultimately lead to the condemnation of egoism, which I think is the antithesis of achieving any kind of freedom in your life. So 
I hope that makes sense what I'm saying. And if you have questions about that, about anything that I said here, go ahead and ask them, email me, and let's break it down. Okay? But let's not go around blaming books. Because I don't think it's books that ultimately do it. It's a lot of other things that cause this shit, you know, that, that cause this stuff to go down. Now, if you're going to ask me, why do I have, uh, uh, you know, white power on my, on my desktop? Because it is a book where I can, there, there are things said by like, even like, uh, and ironically, um, because, well, he's a Jewish guy, uh, Ben Shapiro and some others where the phrasing that they've used is almost a direct quote or a restatement I'm not saying they know that they said it from white power, but I don't think they realized that, or I don't think they realized the hateful shit they're spreading. Okay. And the, the completely dead wrong statistics and blind spots that they put out there. Okay. Um, I don't think they realize that, that, that they're saying the very same thing that an absolutely balls to bone Nazi like George Lincoln Rockwell was, or I mean, American Nazi. Um, I don't think they realize that they're going down the same the same road that he did. And so that's a book that I've kind of been keeping handy so that eventually I can make the case and show where, I mean, a lot of these people are saying the exact same thing that an avowed Nazi, you know, said 50 years ago. Uh, it's a terrifying book. If you ever read it, uh, white power by George Lincoln Rockwell, um, it's out there. And again, I support it being out there, not because obviously I don't support white power at all, quite the opposite. Okay. Um, but because you need to see the warning signs because we've been down this road before. And in fact, well, I've dalliance with saying this, or I, I've, I've suggested this in the past on sovereign tech, uh, proper that I don't think the Nazis ever actually like went out of power. You know, I think they're still here. I think they're still quote unquote with us. Uh, and I think they have a, and, and frankly, I think they have a very strong position in the U S government and it's not Trump. I think it was there long before. Um, so anyway, just putting that, putting that out there. And do I think that that's a problem? Well, fuck yes. I think that that's a problem, but voting in another guy is not going to stop it. The only thing that stops it is getting rid of government entirely because that is a fucking unethical thing. So anyway, uh, yeah, that argument of empathy, you know, that tempering, your ability. Again, that's not a political agenda. That's an argument from science. Empathy is a biological function. You understand of, you know, of a healthy human being. So anyway, without empathy, we're fucked. That's I'll, I'll say that straight. I have no problem saying that. So moving on from that, um, let's get into our second question. You're going to see how this is related. And then we do have a album of the week. Uh, here we go. Man of tomorrow while trying to watch Avengers Endgame. Wow. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, if you can't, I don't think you're missing much, but anyway. Okay. So while trying to watch Avengers Endgame, I noticed that a lot of my fave public library services were down. Now we all know what the public library really means here, don't we? Um, I know you've said in the past that the torrent scene was dying, just like you said, entertainment has, but also since the situation with 8chan the, uh, and the recent mass, or it says, it doesn't say and, but it says the recent, I guess you mean, and the recent mass shootings, I wonder if Cloudflare is doing, is going to de-anonymize a lot of these sites slash clients that use their services and basically send the privacy scene tits up. Woo. All right. <laughs> Be careful when you use those kind of phrases. Either you're hiding who you are or you're obfuscating who you are, or you're letting yourself out of the bag that you're British. But anyway, and I know I have a lot of listeners in Britain, uh, but anyway, going on. Uh, so what say you and keep up the fucking brilliant work. Thank you. I will continue to keep up the brilliant work. Um, okay. So the question is now, all right. For those that don't know, HN is the site where in a very, I'm putting this very basically, cause I don't want to have a big conversation around this is a site where these shootings, this quote unquote domestic terror, um, is, being organized. Okay. That's, that's how the, that's how the argument goes. Cloudflare. Okay. Shut down DNS access to HAN uh, recently. So that that's happened. I've debated on whether or not I'm going to talk about that on sovereign tech. I'm still kind of debating about all this, but this is one of those things where you want to wait to get all the facts and see a lot of the reactions and so on. But this question is kind of getting at an interesting uh, point, I think. 
So is what's happening, basically you're saying, is what's happening to A-Chan and what Cloudflare is doing, is that going to ultimately kill the, the torrent scene, the piracy scene online? Um, because now A-Chan, or now Cloudflare is taking action based upon what one could argue is political motivations. Okay, and yes, I know there have been, um, like the MPAA, RIAA, and other entertainment organizations have been sending a list of, uh, uh, like, sites and other, you know, varying technologies and things that, that, that are uh, bolstering piracy, quote-unquote piracy. Again, I, I'm fully supportive of the Pirate Bay, torrenting, all that, because I, I don't give a shit about IP. Uh, I mean, that's kind of what I've been saying here, is that, you know, what's not nailed down is mine, what I can pry loose is also mine. So, I mean, that's one of my mantras. Um, personal mantras. So, you know, they, they've been sending all that to the U.S. government, all these organizations, lately. It does seem to be that there's, like, this really big push. And it's not uninteresting, I wouldn't say conspiratorial, but it's not uninteresting that HN getting shut down and other sites getting affected by political uh, motivations, okay, that that is leading to where now there are court requests and legal requests being made for Cloudflare to reveal names behind certain piracy sites, streaming services, and so on. This is happening. And we are seeing a lot of piracy sites having a lot of issues, and we don't know what exactly is going on with them. Worldwide torrents has been down for a very long time now. At the same time, we're seeing some sites come back. Uh, Demonoid uh, has come back. Some of its original moderators, uh, what is it? It's Denoid, just the letter D, Denoid.to. Uh, it is not Demonoid at all, which Demonoid is one of those, you know, amazing stories where it was down for like 10 years and then it finally came back like out of nowhere. Then it sort of went down again. Um, but I think just last month in July 2019, it did come back recently. Uh, but it has a completely different backend. It's not the same site really at all. Uh, but that's out there. I'm guessing partly because there is this perceived need for high quality torrent sites again, maybe because a lot of them are getting shut down and so on. Um, you can see how this relates to what's going on with you know, like with the mass shootings, because they has to relate with 8chan, and now it appears that Cloudflare can effectively be a political tool. You know, and I, I think that's that's a concern that a lot of people are having with this, and I, I understand it, okay, and I'm not saying I don't support 8chan, or, I'm, you know, or that I don't support, you know, Cloudflare taking action against 8chan, because that's fucking deplorable, uh, you know, that site, okay. Um... I, yes, I, I, but here, here's the rub. Okay. So streaming services like Netflix is running into trouble. And I think Netflix is probably funding a lot of the anti-piracy stuff going on. Um, it does appear, and there, there'd be so many stories I'd have to reference and tell you about, because I do keep a close eye on this scene. Yeah. I, I think the torrent scene and you know, a lot of the new political motivations that a lot of these tech companies can really, uh, you know, fall under, um, it is going to ultimately affect the torrent scene. Yes. Um, and I mean, I could see where people could get conspiratorial about it. I am not there yet, but this, this is a thing. And basically, you know, as much as a lot of these streaming services coming out are really pointing people towards piracy again, like the Pirate Bay's numbers have started going through the roof again. Why? Because, you know, people originally, you know, would go to Netflix and Hulu and whatever else, and they called themselves cord cutters. Of course, like we talked about in the most recent Sovereign Tech, they're not cord cutters at all. Like, they're, they're really, they're, they're more attached to the what Harlan Ellison would call the glass teeth than they've ever been. I mean, like people, I mean, they're, they're completely hooked on YouTube and Netflix far more than people ever were to TV. I mean, it's, it's bad, you know, <laughs> like people had it way more together than people do today, you know, than people do now, uh, as far as like addictions go, I guess. But anyway, my, my point with that is that, so people thought they were getting out from under T, you know, like cables kind of monopolistic, you know, cable uh, companies, monopolistic practices, um, with, 
you know, with programming and everything, uh, and the prices that they were charged and all that. But then what happened is, is that everybody started coming out with their own streaming service that now streaming services are more troublesome than cable probably ever was. And getting to the point where they are also significantly more expensive because you still have to pay the cable company for the internet bill anyway. Uh, and so what's happening there is that people are looking at piracy again, because now all of their, all the shows they want to watch and all their content is in one place again, where for a little while they felt like everything was on Netflix. Now they have a bunch of competing services that they have to go to. I mean, and you have more coming, right? Like Disney plus is going to have all the star, all the star Wars shows and so on. And so people are running to piracy again. And I think that's happening. And now that that's happening again, now that they see the perceived resurgence in piracy because for a while again people thought netflix was a better deal well this is more convenient for me just like people don't pirate music as much as they used to because well you know i'll, I'll just pay for spotify and that's a good enough deal and i don't have to deal with the hassle of you know tagging my mp3s and everything which i mean i'm more than happy to do that but whatever i get the average person isn't um so yeah i think these organizations are seeing the resurgence in in piracy and they're trying to really nip it in the bud. They're trying to cut it off at the pass uh, before it really, you know, surges back up. Do I think that these mass shootings have anything to do with that? Ultimately, not really. I think a lot of the actions that the MPAA and the RIA and so on would go on regardless of what's hap what, what happened with A-Chan. You know, I, I think it would still be attempted. I mean, and look, you know, piracy, like... It, it, the piracy scene talk i mean there's swat teams like going to places in britain you know where where like pirate boxes are running i mean there's all kinds of crazy shit going on all around the world and it really is fucking crazy um, it is getting there there are signs that piracy is really not worth the trouble you know anymore like where we're amazingly you could have authoritarian i'm not even going to say legal because i don't think it's just going to be a piece of paper but where authoritarian action can happen against you that is that was normally only under the purview of quote-unquote drug dealers like literally where swat teams are going to show up at your door or whatever else i mean it, it it's getting crazy out there um and in the u.s it looks like things are ramping up to where you know these kinds of actions could you know those kinds of actions could be that extreme action could be taken as well um, and so I don't know what's going to happen with Cloudflare here. I mean, this is, I'm not knocking Cloudflare, but I'm certainly, you know, going to say that it points at the inherent problem with how the internet, as we understand it today functions, that it is a problem. So something to keep in mind, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm reminded of a poem that goes something like this, gather ye rosebuds while ye may. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You know, if you are into, if you're not into Blu-rays, you're not into buying CDs, you're not into this or doing it in quote unquote legitimate ways, um, you better hurry up and get your shit now because I mean, I don't think piracy is ever going to be completely stopped because other sites will show up and stuff will show up on tour and it'll be fine and it'll be available. Uh, in fact, I was, I was trying to download a book the other day off of uh, Bocos and it said, it said basically that the owner of this file or book or whatever uh, had this taken down from this site. But if you still want to, but then it said, if you still want to access it, you can use our tour service. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I just went to the tour version of their site and downloaded it there. Right? So there's always going to be alternatives, but it might, the alternatives might get to a level of technical knowledge that uh, piracy hasn't required for over a decade. So that, that can run into its own problems. You know, I mean, I think relying on streaming in any way, shape or form is, and that that's apparently what it's really gotten down to is the fact that you could plug in a box to your television, just hook up the HDMI cable and away you go. You're watching something that's in theaters in a way. That's a beautiful thing. That's a remarkable marvel of human engineering and ingenuity. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but at the same time, um, come on, <laughs> you know, like I, like I, I have no desire. I don't need the latest. There's so much stuff, you know, this gets to my point about entertainment being dead, but thinking back, there's so much stuff that came out 60 years ago that I've never seen that I still want to see 
that doesn't fall under the purview of you know like these pirate boxes and the streaming services and everything i mean it, it still requires some degree of piracy perhaps to uh, uh you know preserve it sure but there's so much stuff to watch from way back when like i don't need to see the latest thing in theaters i really don't most of the time you know like when ellen and i go to theaters we're going to see older movies you know we're going to see like the batman quadrilogy or i think we're going to go catch the matrix so, i mean uh, you know again the great stuff's been made so that that kind of thing doesn't even really interest me and and when i read the stories i mean it's it's bullshit that swat teams are going in after this stuff but at the same time i'm like eh, you know i mean i just like i care and i don't you know because streaming the latest whatever you know you you would you right here you said you're trying to watch avengers endgame it, it just it doesn't mean anything to me like i have so much stuff even just from like i have so many games for my PlayStation 2 that I never played even when the PlayStation 2 was the new hotness and I had it when it was new hotness and I was playing the new games then but there's so much stuff to go back to to play still I just I can't grasp this need for the constant new 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 when if I haven't seen it all if I haven't played it all I have a hard time believing that there's some kind of mass amount of people that have because most people don't didn't or don't had the kind of time that historically I have had to even engage in this kind of sh stuff, you know, the kind of free time. So, I don't know. You know, I mean, like, that part of it doesn't necessarily worry me, but to speak to the overall fact of, yeah, the piracy scene is not going to be convenient as it is right now going into the very near future. That's that's my opinion. That's how I think it's going to, uh, to end up. But at the same time, like, are the MPAA and RIA going to be opportunists and take advantage of the political uh, climate? right now that can push um you know companies in certain directions you know tech companies in certain directions of course they are they always have so yeah that's that's going to happen um because i mean you know there's certainly nobody who gives a you know there's no ethical human beings at the head of the mpaa or ria and no there is not otherwise they'd realize that their very existence is just dead wrong you know because intellectual property is is all about control you know and authoritarianism so anyway, um, th there's all that, the, the long, very, uh, I know very philosophical conversations around these two questions. Um, but yeah, with, with the torrent scene, I, I would gather up your shit, get, get your data in order because all this stuff, I mean, I don't think you're ever going to take down the pirate bay, but for a lot of people, you know, it might not be as easy to get to going forward. And, you know, VPNs aren't the catch-all resolution. You know, they aren't the catch-all solution, I should say, to a lot of this stuff. You just be careful out there, folks. That that's that's what I've got for you. You know, be careful going out into the real world, obviously, because of these absolute tragedies that are happening. Um, and then be careful in your digital realm, because there are tragedies that are affecting people's real world because of it. So just just putting that out there. Okay, I'm not saying don't be brave or whatever, but I mean, just be careful. So, okay, um, let's let's go on to our album of the week. Might want to download this one. <laughs> uh, this is from a band, a Christian band of all things, um, that being Skillet, uh, who I am a bit of a fan of. Um, they came out with a new album recently called Victorious. And I will say this, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, because if you're not into Skillet, this isn't going to make you a believer no pun intended okay because well I'm, a, I'm an atheist folks but uh this album i think this is overall skillet's best album it's better than awake it's better than rise um but it does not have their best songs their best songs are definitely on uh, on awake right with uh you know monster uh hero i'm awake i'm alive uh i mean those are three really killer tracks uh i don't I don't think Victoria, nothing on Victorious is that good, but overall it's a very consistent sound and kind of a, kind of a rise up sound that they've been, uh, you know, developing ever since Awake, I think, which, boy, when did that come out? That was like 10 years ago, but uh, you know, it's, it, it fits in with their sound. It's, it's a little less metal. I feel like it's a little more rock pop kind of stuff. But I liked it. Again, I think it's their best album to date. It does not have their best songs. Awake has their best songs. But it is their best album overall to date. So if, you, if you've if you liked Skillet at all over the years, 
you're going to, you're going to enjoy this album a lot. Trust me. I, I worked out to it for like a straight hour and, uh, I mean, it, it kept my blood flowing. It was a great chest day doing that one. So check it out. Skillet victorious from 2019 just came out uh, in the past couple of weeks. And, uh, that'll wrap it up for this very, I'm sure what's going to be a very controversial, uh, Wednesday Q and a, of course, please feel free to ask me questions. If you want me to clarify anything, don't just run away. Don't just say, holy shit. What do you say? I am stopping my donation. No. How about I have a conversation with me? I'd love for that. The way that the person asked me that question where they said, look, I realized Twitter was not the venue for this. Uh, what the hell were you talking about? And I'm going to email you about it. That's the way to do it. Let's have the conversation because I can be, I can change my mind, believe it or not. I can change my mind about things. And if you have some great fucking argument against egoism or whatever, I would love to hear it, baby. I mean, I really, really would. Uh, and, and I'd love to have, I'd, I don't know. No one, no one wants to take me on with, with some of this stuff. And, and I would love for you to do so really. So email me if you want to. Anyway, that'll be it for this Zomia one underground Q and a, I will see all of you woo, on the other side.